0: Shut up, and, and sit, sit down. down. Welcome to another episode of... Business Pros. As always, we want to make sure you guys are investing your valuable time in our podcast, and today's podcast is an interview with Umberto from American Profit Consulting. So
1: say hello
2: hey what's going on everybody thanks for having me on james Renan. i really appreciate it
1: cool oh, we really appreciate you appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come see us yeah dude it's
0: it's it's different when you get out of your way and come to a different uh, medium i guess per se hopping on a mic and talking is different
2: yeah it's a little bit out of your comfort zone i are not used <laughs> to it <laughs> i would assume you guys are a lot more uh a lot more used to it than I am, for we're,
0: sure. Yeah, we got about 100 episodes in, so it's been almost. A, it's, it's, we're it's been We're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. We're close. We're, we're, we're pretty, I think this is technically our 98th episode that we're recording. Nice. But I think since we started naming them like episode one, two, and three, I think this is like episode 94 or something like that. But gotcha. we have a couple lif- different little nip things in there.
1: A so, few interviews and a few random things here and there. Some, some of our early ones that we didn't actually put a number to.
0: Yeah, we just kind of threw them out there. Nice. Yeah, it's definitely different, dude. But it's kind of cool because, you know, everybody gets to hear a little bit of a story. I mean, uh, podcasting is one of those things. It's like it's the new radio. Right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You, kinda, you know, there was that whole little series of like F, F, uh, XM radio where you kind of get to pick oh, yeah. and pay for some stuff. And then all of a sudden it went free with internet and we get to talk about whatever we want. Whoever's tuning in is tuning in because they want to know about that. Right, absolutely. So it makes it even that much better,
1: my opinion. Agreed, so really quick A little bit of intro of Umberto We've known each other for how long? Three, four, six months Somewhere around there Yeah, somewhere around six months About, about six months, right? Yeah uh, We met because Umberto Is one of our agents On the insurance side of things That's right And so he is one of the ones That we actually talk about pretty often Whenever we talk about Motivation Mondays And those agents that are working on Certain particular things This past week we talked about The one who is working on breweries That's this man right here And uh, besides insurance you have done a lot of other things in business as well uh, including starting this company that we're wearing the hats for today American Profit Consulting tell us a little bit about that yeah so it's it kind of goes back a
2: little ways right so I actually started in banking in high school and so I guess the story goes and not to make it too long but the story goes that uh, my senior year in high school I was really ahead on credits and there was a interesting program that you could take advantage of if you had enough time and so I got into banking, and I was a teller, and I was working at the bank my senior year, and I was at the bank first through third period. Fourth period, I went back to school, and I was like a teacher's assistant. Fifth period was lunch, (laughs) and then sixth period was um, English, and then I went home. So I had one class my entire oh my year senior year. Yeah, oh, that, that cool. like my senior year. You must have been a good student. Yeah, well, I try to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a complete opposite of me. That's cool. That's cool. You two will get along. So, yeah. yeah. So what happened was I graduated from school, and then the Monday after, I already had a job lined up. So I started working as a teller. At the same bank? Yep. Nice. So it was actually a credit union, but I started there uh, that Monday, and then was in banking for 14 years, you know, and then most recently as a commercial lender. So I did a lot of loans. Um, a lot of kind of, it was actually what was, my title was a business relationship manager. And so essentially I managed relationships that were from businesses that typically did between two and $20 million in annual revenue. Mm -hmm. I managed their relationship to the bank. And so I took care of anything from, hey, Umberto, I need a new check, you know, a new book of checks or, hey, I need a $10 million real estate loan because I want to buy this building. And so anything between I was the first point of contact and then I managed the relationship with the bank. So it was interesting. Um, And then last year, I actually left banking. Uh, That's a whole nother story. But left banking and started this company and started off by brokering commercial loans Mm -hmm. and then um, met you guys about six months ago and started with insurance and then
1: as well as credit card processing. Interesting. So when it comes to brokering loans as opposed to doing them through the bank as an employee of the bank, what's the big difference?
2: Well, the big difference is that you have somebody like myself who has all the insider knowledge, all the information that most, you know, most clients don't have, you know? I heard a statistic out there that it says that 40% of bank loans are declined, and I would say it's probably higher than that. And I think the reason is is because most people go into the bank kind of with their fingers crossed hoping that they're going to get approved or something. Mm-hmm. Without really being, you know, knowledgeable in how the bank looks at things, you know, how they underwrite loans, how they structure the loans, um, it's just like I said, you know, it's kind of, it's, it, it's just a reality. You know, most people just walk in and you know their business needs a line of credit to survive, or they want to buy a commercial piece of real estate to start building wealth and uh they don't really know what the bank's looking for you know and they just kind of walk in with their you know with their documentation with their fingers crossed and hope that they're going to get approved and so when you have somebody like myself representing you at the bank i navigate the entire process Mm -hmm. right so i collect your financials i'll do a complete cash flow analysis i I can tell you pretty much to the dollar of what you need to be at to get approved for x amount of loan or the type of loan that you're looking for just because i know how you know banks i mean i used to underwrite this stuff myself right Mm -hmm. and so I think the reason that people do business with me and seek me out is because I take that entire process off of their you know off of their lap or off of their plate and I represent them and I navigate the entire loan process. And so again, I guess the steps are collect the financials, do a complete cash flow analysis. When I do that, I have a pretty good idea as to who or what what bank will want to look at it, what lender will want to look at it. And then I can shop it out with, you know, 70 to 80 different brokers and lenders, not brokers, excuse me, lenders and banks that Mm -hmm. I work with. And um, I mean, I know how to negotiate things that most people don't even know are negotiable, you know, so save people a ton of money, save people lots of time and increase their profit or their probability of being approved.
0: No, dude. You you said uh, one of your titles was relationship managers, and one of the things we talk about all the time is being of service to other people. Yeah, and you know, building those relationships is crucial in pretty much any business that you get into. The fact that you go in and uh, you you kind of looking at an overall picture, right? That's, that's kind of what I heard you say, right? You're looking at an overall picture of this particular client, but. You know when when they walk into the bank with their fingers crossed i think they're walking into the bank also unprepared and that absolutely that relationship that you built with them like you know or you know you've been uh, i'm assuming you were contacting them regularly right and, and you're understanding that they're going to have a cash flow need here you know in the third quarter or in the first quarter or whatever it's going to be so you're you're preparing them along the way so that when they do come in ready to rock and roll you have everything in order
2: yep Absolutely. Yeah, I think most of them are underprepared and underrepresented, you know, and so they show up and they're hoping that they're going to get this money that they need for their business, whether it be for growth or whatever the case may be. Uh, and sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. Right. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I That's been that's been a focus of mine since I started in banking. I can remember so many times, you know, people telling me, wow, you're the most honest or you're the most you know, you, you're you the most honest banker I've ever met or you go way hmm. and above and beyond. Like I've learned more from you as my banker in six months than I do with my prior banker in four years or whatever the case is. Right. But now as a, as a consultant, I I'm more excited about that because or I'm more excited about, um, I guess, what I do, because now I don't have to lead up a, a specific you know, client to a specific bank. You know, I can Mm -hmm. really analyze and go, well, you should probably be with this kind of a lender or this kind of a bank, you know? I don't have to feed them the bank's rhetoric. I'm not handcuffed to a certain bank. I don't have to sell the widget of the week or, you know, do all that stuff. I mean, man, I was at Wells Fargo during the height of all the BS that you guys see on the news. And I can Mm -hmm. tell you that's 100% real, you know, and and it's just all of the fake accounts and all that stuff. It's nuts. It's crazy, you know? And so now I'm really excited about what I'm doing because I feel like I'm really actually helping people now. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I was talking to the uh, head pro at Coronado golf course and he remembers me when I used to work at chase. Mm -hmm. And so I went in there, kind of told him what I was up to now and he said something so simple and he just goes, wow, it sounds like you're actually helping people now <laughs> and I was like yeah man that's how I feel you know and so it's it's been good it's I mean you know I think most people get into business to solve problems I I'm, I'm doing that but I also I mean obviously everybody wants to make money but I want to also want to make a difference you know and mm-hmm. I want to help people kind of get the information that most banks are not willing to give out you know they're not giving them the answers to the test they're not telling them how to structure their stuff they're not you know obviously they're going to try to sell them to them sell whatever it is that they're selling at the highest price possible with the highest interest rate possible and so what i'm trying to do is educate you know help people out i mean i'm trying to build my business around authenticity and transparency and really sitting down with people and help them understand why it is that they got approved or why it is that they're getting declined
0: that makes a big difference having you know that education aspect of it is is huge oh yeah because you know like even even people who are in business don't always have a proper understanding of their finances, they'll hire a CPA or an accountant to take care of, you know, the day-to-day bookwork. Hmm. But even then they're more focused on you know, making a profit and closing sales and being, you know, that type of person in business, which is absolutely important, but the finances on the backside kind of take a back seat. And having somebody there to, you know, to educate them, I think that's why, you know, it's it's funny because when you really educate a client and you really show them what's going on and how you're gonna help them and what it is that's going on in their life through the eyes you know, through the eyes of the bank, for example, that's why they fill that whole honesty thing It's. I don't think you were dishonest when you were working for the bank right it's just that the way you approach it is like look let me show you everything and then you're gonna make the best choice that you want for your business but you have an overall you know you have an encompassing type of information I've shown you every different possible aspect
2: yeah it's funny that you mentioned that James and I were just talking about this today you know I think that's how it should be they should be out you know running their business and doing what they do best although they also should have a good understanding of what's going on with their numbers and with their finances. You know, the unfortunate thing is that most, most business owners, they don't know how to almost audit or check on or, you know, I guess what, what I'm trying to say is they, you know, they turn in all their financials to their CPA or bookkeeper, and then they get back you know, the, the results. And most of them don't know how to hold that bookkeeper or CPA accountable, mm-hmm. and so they just kind of look over it and they go, yep, that looks good to me, and sign it. And then it just becomes part of history, you know. It's been it's happened to me so many times, man, I can't tell you that I have looked at financials and I'll go, Man, this this is not good. Like these don't look good. This this shouldn't be here. This balance sheet is jacked up, you know, and I'm looking at them and, and I'm asking them, Hey, how long have you been with this bookkeeper or CPA? Ten years. And I'm like, Man, that's ten years of probably bad books. You know, and, and so part of it is you know i i have to, it's 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 like the hardest conversation to have right is to try to help them understand that maybe their current situation although they've been with them for 10 years is probably not serving them the best you know mm-hmm. you're paying this guy and you know whether it's monthly quarterly or annually and you're expecting to have a good product back and they're not and they don't know how to look at that you know so that's that's part of i guess part of the territory you know it comes with that so you know I'll, I'll tell you guys a story my very first loan i remember when i started <clears throat> at walls fargo i remember i got um i re- i inherited a book of business and there was a gentleman i still remember his name his initials are mb <laughs> uh, he had a construction company and he'd had it for a long time and i remember he was looking for two hundred fifty thousand dollars line of credit okay and I didn't know, when I started, man, I didn't know how to read a balance sheet. I didn't know how to, what a, what a p was. I mean, I didn't know how to differentiate a personal tax return from a business tax return. So I got all this stuff. And I remember I walked over to my colleague's desk, his office, and I go, hey, can you kind of help me sort this out? And um, if I told you guys the whole story, it'd make more sense. But he goes, yeah, sure. So we started looking at it and uh, come to realize his tax returns were done by H&R Block and his interim financial statements were done by his his office manager and this guy's a guy that's been in business 25 30 years does 10 million dollars in annual revenue and his books are done by H&R Block you know and so ultimately what happened was the loan got declined and I had to go back and tell him that it was because his financials were horrible right and so he's here thinking, I am like,
0: I'm making money what's the problem <clears throat> yeah
2: oh and he's like and this, is the, this is the first loan that you ever did the very first one not kidding I was like 22 years old right and this guy's an older gentleman of course successful in business so I called him and I remember saying hey mister you know so-and-so uh, I just have to tell you that we have to decline your loan and he went nuts and he's like you're just a little kid and I've been with that bank for longer than you've been alive and you look at my bank accounts my bank statements all this stuff And I said, well, listen, I go, the reason it was declined is because your tax returns and your, your interim financial statements, they don't represent you well. You know, you've been in business for all this time and you're extremely successful, but these financials are just not doing you a good service, you know? And so he goes, well, what do I got to do to get approved? And I said, well, I said, sir, with all due respect, I think you should hire a CPA. And uh, again, he went off on me, you know, told me that I was just a little kid. And, and that's how that, that happened well, I'm not joking. Three months later, he calls me back and he goes, Hey, I took your advice. I hired a CPA. Here are my new financials. We're still in the same calendar year. Okay. So new financials with those new financials, I got him approved for the line of credit. And we have been, we've been friends ever since. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it's, you have to tell people the truth, you know, whether, yeah. whether or not they want to hear it. And that's something that I, I guess, you know, it's not that it's enjoyable, but I take pride in that, you know, that I get to tell people the truth and not try to you know, finagle their financials and try to get them approved, but I'm actually adding value wherever I can. Right? And,
0: and you know, that's the thing about when you hire an accountant, when you hire tax people to do your tax returns. Oftentimes, these are churn and burn type, you know, businesses. You you get especially like with tax returns, you're just getting somebody in, get their processing their tax return, getting them out, and you're not going
1: to see well, them again until next year. I think that's that the a, case for like especially the big block. Well, big, yeah, for
0: sure. But you got to understand that when you file your tax return like you said you're signing the bottom line you're agreeing accepting to it. what you're accepting what's on that return that's yeah. been prepared you're the assumption is it's been explained you understand what's going on and you're signing saying good to go you know, what, what most people don't realize is that you're still responsible for your own tax returns. You need to ask questions about loopholes and, you know, deductions and what's going on. You should be educating yourself about what's going on in your business and ask those questions accordingly. Most people don't. Most people kind of, like you said, they... they Here's my information, put it through the wheel, and they churn it out, and out comes this return. And you're like, cool, how much do I owe on, on taxes, or am I getting any money back? Oh, yeah. And that's the ultimate question. And if it's if it's I owe, how do I get it down? And, of course, the tax preparer is just going to do everything they can to you know lower the tax liability. But often, it's at a detriment to your ability to borrow. Absolutely. If you're showing less net income, it's going to show less tax return. But the problem with less net income is you're not profitable. Mm-hmm. Right, you're not making money. So when you go to the bank and ask for a loan, the bank is obviously going to want to know, well, how can you pay it back? Right, and they use your return or your income statements to show that, and you're showing that you don't make any money. Absolutely. So you know, it's it's a, it's a catch twenty two sometimes when you have to, you know, do I pay my taxes or do I show my pro-, and show a profit or do I want or, borrowing power? And, and yeah, yeah, and then, you know, what I mean, it's and it comes to a leverage thing. So you know, yeah, you're right. It, giving them the bad news isn't always bad news it's just understanding what's going on in your business right? i mean it's it, i'm sure he was a great contractor <laughs> yeah i'm sure he did really well at his craft at his trade but again those financial parts i mean having a, a partner like you just to say look let's take a look at this look last year you did this is this is is this actually what happened like well, no, I bought this machinery. I bought this. Okay, yeah. well, maybe we can, you know, instead of taking the whole deduction this year, maybe we, you know, take it over five years, and you're you're mm. gonna get you know this advantage or whatever's gonna happen.
2: Yeah, that's why it's a good. I mean, I I've said this for a long time that it is a good practice to have on your team for sure. A good CPA, a good banker, or 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 a consultant in this case. And a good attorney, you know, and that they need to be working together as a team, you know mm-hmm. And so that it there's so that we're, we're actually planning and we're not being historians as they say in, right. you know, in the financial being world. Proactive. Yeah, instead exactly. of reactive. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it makes a huge 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 difference. Very cool So I have a question now you're in the insurance industry How does everything that you've learned with your experience in banking and brokering loans and all this stuff that you've done? How does it translate to what you're doing now in insurance? So the reason I actually got into the insurance industry was
2: because I started this consulting company. I started brokering loans, right? And I had been in the business for 14 years. And so there's a lot of, I guess, terminology. There's a lot of familiarity that I had because just about almost any business loan that gets done needs some type of commercial insurance. Mm -hmm. And so I have seen Accord forms, you know, I've looked at them. I, 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 Honestly, I couldn't really read them and really understand them correctly, <laughs> but I knew what I was looking for when I was sending them to the underwriters. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot that kind of goes hand in hand when it comes to, you know, lending and insurance. Because if you're going to go through a traditional lender, you're going to need commercial insurance for that loan. Mm-hmm. Right. So.
1: Right. So I mean, are there any skills though? Are there any, um, any specific things that that I don't even know what I'm trying to ask here? Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, that are that kind of translate. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, you know,
2: when I got into commercial insurance, I knew that I wanted to, well, I got the PNC license obviously. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I wanted to be a commercial lines producer because I had had a, a great deal of clients and past relationships that I can, you know, go back to. So, what happened was, and I'll kind of tell the story so it makes a little more sense. American Profit Consulting came out of one of the craziest things that had ever happened to me and it's not that bad you know but to me I had never been fired before so the story is I was working at a bank here in San Diego and I was doing really well I landed in San Diego I grew up in the Central Valley uh, grew up in Bakersfield California mm-hmm. and uh, got married my wife and um, wife and I had a, our first you know first son and when he was about two years old he started developing asthma and I grew up in the Central Valley with asthma, and it's just horrible, you know. I mean, it's one of the worst places in the United States to live if you have respiratory issues because mm-hmm. it just gets stuck there. It's like a valley. Yeah, it's a valley. <laughs> and what runs the economy is agriculture and oil. And so all that is is shifting the earth around, and so it all gets stuck, you know. And so what happened was I remember my son came home with an inhaler, and um, doctors told us, hey, if you can find a better place for your son to grow up with better air quality, he'll lead to have a better life. Mm-hmm. And I can remember doctors telling my dad that when I was growing up, but my dad worked minimum wage jobs, you know, didn't really have a great source of income, and so we had to stay in Bakersfield just because cost of living was so low. Right. So moved to San Diego, landed here at a big bank, started doing really well, was producing, doing all that stuff for about two and a half years, and then I started getting um called on by a community bank and that community bank was pretty aggressive they had a recruiter calling me all the time and so i went to the interviews nailed them everything went real well Um, they made me a really lucrative salary offer they gave me a great title um, all that stuff right and so i remember looking at the job description and the commission um, schedule and i was thinking you know what i don't know if i want to do this it might be more money it might not be you know I'm doing already I'm already doing well here and so I went in to respectfully decline the the offer and I want to do it in person just because I didn't want to burn a bridge I mean it was was a great offer and the guy goes listen man I'm not taking no for an answer I'll give you an extra $10,000 on top of that top of that salary and it was already a decent salary. You know? mm-hmm. And I was like, man, how did I turn this down? I didn't go to school. You know, I don't even have a college degree.
1: he, a deal.
0: he could not. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. That's how I felt, man. Godfather in the day. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm
1: actually thinking of a It's a Wonderful Life where Mr. Potter's sitting across from George Bailey. And George Bailey's like, Really? You send me around around the world travel and travel? What? what, what? <laughs> no, no Mr. Potter, no <laughs>
2: That's what it felt like, dude. It was crazy. And so I went home and I, I thought, man, I I can't turn down I can't turn this down, you know? So I went back and I accepted it and uh, started producing, did really well, had a crazy pipeline, and then 90 days later they, I was let go. Like just out of nowhere, totally blindsided by the whole thing. Whoa. Yeah. So to give you an idea, this is how it happened. Well, this is kind of how it happened. On a Monday morning conference call, I remember we had um, bank-wide calls. And I got this huge shout-out because the week prior, I had brought in a $5 million deposit account to the bank. So they go, yeah, great job, Umberto. He sits on the second floor of headquarters, blah, blah, blah. Everybody go meet him. We're giving him four Padre tickets to take his family to the game. And I was like, sweet. I thought everything was good, man. Next day at 4.30, I get let go. Very next day. And I remember Before you went to the Potters game? Yeah, I was yeah. gonna ask that so, <laughs> the tickets? Yeah, so watch this. I'll get to that part. It's pretty funny. So basically I walk into my manager's office. I remember we had a four thirty pipeline meeting and uh, the guy from HR was there and I was like, Oh, this is this is not gonna be good. And I remember I sat down and he goes, Hey man, listen, in hindsight looking back, it was just the wrong time to hire you. He goes, I think you're a great guy, you're an excellent banker. He goes, I just don't have time for a new employee and because of that I have to let you go. And so I was like, obviously, I was upset. And I said, dude, I left a great job to come over here. You were so aggressive in hiring me. Like, I couldn't get some kind of a heads up, like nothing. And he said, nope, sorry, we have to make decisions quick. We're a small bank. Give me your laptop. And then I was escorted out of the building. Before I left, I asked him, I go, hey, man, do you want your podgy tickets back? Because <laughs> I was so mad. And uh, he goes, nope. So, dude, I went to the game. <laughs> I was at the game Must have been furious. Uh, a week game, later right? oh well I mean what do you do I was yeah, enjoying yeah. it I was the free ticket so I went to the game but what happened was out of that meeting I remember I, I thought okay what do I want to do now that and, and you know what honestly man thank God at that time didn't have any debt outside of my mortgage on my home um, had some money saved up so I wasn't you know I wasn't gonna be in a rush to, to do the next thing but I was thinking about my resume I wasn't thinking about starting a business mm-hmm. Although I've been entrepreneurial just entrepreneurial, just because I'd been around business people forever. You yeah. know I mean, it's kind of hard not to be motivated and inspired when you're looking at all these personal financial statements over the last 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember I went to this brewery, Protector Brewery, as a matter <laughs> of fact, uh, and I was just about to bring him over to the bank. And I remember I sat down and the guy's name is Sean, awesome guy. And uh, Sean, I told Sean what happened. I said, hey, man, listen, I have all your paperwork ready to go. You know, whenever you're ready, you know, you're welcome to come over, but I'm not going to be there anymore. I just got to let go and told him the story. And he basically said, dude, screw that bank. He goes, I'm going to hire you as a consultant. He goes, because I know you know your stuff and this way you can guide me to where I should be banking and not necessarily where you work. And I said, yeah, man, no problem. You know, I was having a beer and he goes, Hey, this couple at the end of the bar, they own a restaurant, in old town. Let me introduce you to them. So I, we walked over and he goes, Hey, this is Umberto. He's my consultant and i spoke to him for about 15 minutes about an SBA loan and they go uh, they go you know what we're going to hire you too and i thought okay well maybe there's a business here you know <laughs> and so <laughs> and just oh, to do, tripped right yeah. into it <laughs> yeah. and i'm not kidding man i was thinking about my resume when i was sitting there uh, at protector brewery and then like it just changed you know like like overnight so i remember In I, minutes. oh yeah so i remember i called uh, a few other of my clients that I actually had their loan in the pipeline to be approved at this bank. Mm-hmm. And I told them the story, same thing. They go, well, if you can help me find something better, I'll pay you for it. And so I didn't know how to run a consulting business. I didn't know how much I can charge people. I didn't know nothing, <laughs> you know? I called a, like up a friend mentor of mine in Bakersfield and I said, hey, this is what's going on. These people want me to do their loans. And he goes, "He goes, dude, start that business. He goes, you, you'll, never, you'll never regret it. He goes, as a matter of fact, he goes, I think you're gonna end up writing a book one of these days off of this whole story. He goes, but I. He goes. I know you can be successful doing it. Kind of gave me some pointers, etc. And uh, he basically said, "Dude, go write that. Go, go build that business." So that's how that started. And then uh, six months later, I was doing a loan for a um, manufacturer tortilla, actually out of um, Nashville City, and they were buying out a competitor and buying out two buildings from the competitor. Mm. Yeah, and so I walked in. So a lot of tortillas. Yeah, and dude, uh, shout out to them. They're awesome people. Great business. But uh, I walked into the office one day and I remember the guy was on the phone and he just kind of went like this. He goes, hey, he goes, give me a second, I'm, I'm on hold. I'm calling my insurance company to get, um, to get a quote for the buildings and mm-hmm. for the new business. And then he goes, hey, do you do insurance? And I thought, no, but I should. <laughs> you know, like, why aren't I? You yeah. know? And uh, funny story, but um, James' son played on the soccer team with my son at school. Right, they're, they're kids, and so I reached out to him, and the rest is history.
1: Not me, James. Different James.
0: Yeah, yeah. James Russ. James. James Russ. Nice, dude. I mean, that's one hell of a story, man. <laughs> Crazy. It, huh? It's funny how you you uh, life takes you in a bunch of different directions. Yep. I mean, the only reason why you started this business is because you'd already been in this business for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I mean, there's there's a lot of times when we talk to people and they're like, I'm going to do this business. And they kind of just pull one out of the air and then they become experts at it for some weird reason overnight. Yeah. I mean, it's not always the way it works. Right. You've actually gone out. You've built these relationships. And now you're benefiting from the experience and knowledge and you're just doing what you've already been doing. But for yourself.
2: Yeah. And it's it's enjoyable, man, because, again, I get I feel like and I keep saying the same words over and over again, but I feel like I get to lead people in the right direction and I get to tell them the truth, you know, and I get to be truthful with them about everything. Mm -hmm. Every step of the process, I'm educating them about everything um you know i was talking to one of my one of my good friends another mentor that i have and he goes you know why you're going to be successful in that business he was because you're not just a broker that can pick up the phone a hundred times a day and make a bunch of calls but you can i can he was but you're a broker with specialized knowledge he was you're an insider like you have all the information that you need and you have all the practices or you understand all the practices and you know all the information that the banks use and he goes he goes you're going to do real well so anyway no dude away we go it
0: it, it makes it makes a big difference having that knowledge also gives you the confidence to go out and talk to people about what it is that you do, right? You're not, you kind of grazed over the fact that, you know, you're, you're, you're not making a hundred calls or whatever a day, but you Hmm. can, and you've done that. You didn't get to where you were by not doing that initially. You went through that phase, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of people want to skip those little pieces of uncomfortable part of life on the uncomfortable part of the sales process, but it's part of the process, right? I mean, telling people, sorry, you don't qualify. Sucks. Oh, yeah. It's not an easy thing to do. And if you can learn to get through those uncomfortable spouts, you know, in the sales process, you become successful at it. Yeah. I think
2: the reason that I did well as a banker, even though I didn't have, you know, any kind of, I mean, I didn't go to school. I went to college. I went to community college for like two semesters. And then I dropped out because I had to take a second job to help my parents pay the bills. Um, and then I got into banking and then went full time and started doing all that stuff. But, um, You know, what's interesting is that I think the reason I did well wasn't because I had, you know, accounting background or anything like that, but it's because I was patient and because I wanted to help people, like truly. Mm -hmm. So I remember when I did have to tell people, hey, you're declined, I wouldn't just say, hey, you're declined, sorry, can't help you. I would go, hey, why don't you come to my office, we'll look over everything and I'll tell you why you're declined and then I'll show you where you need to be at by this time next year or six months from now so that we can approve your loan, you know. And I I kid you not, man, I'd, I'd seen so many other bankers just from sitting in their office and being in the offices, who would be turn and burn? You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, hey, if, you, if I can't help you now, sorry, you know. Yeah, figure it out and then come back. Next. Yeah, you go
1: figure it out, you know, and on yeah. to the next. You just so. inherently know that number one rule of business to be of service to others. Yeah, you just know it. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's what that's what it is, man. I mean, you know, it's funny because you said you, you know when you're talking about the things you do and you're like, I keep saying this over and over again is one of those things that you said, but it's it's those simple things like. You know, I, I always get called something like Google, right? Well, you always know what to say, but it's because I only really say a few things over and over again because they're the truths.
2: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm.
0: They're the, the the simple things that you know keeping yourself accountable showing people where they have to get better you know what mistakes they made how they can improve i mean there's the simple things that you're saying over and over again but they're the honest things they're the truthful things so i mean give yourself credit <laughs> the fact that you know it, it, at, at at you know we were talking about this the other day that if you know people who are successful at what it is they do you know their system is kind of boring after after a certain amount of time because they keep doing the same thing over and over again but they're really good at that thing So the fact that, you know, you you might say, you know, you know, I say this all the time, but it's true because that is what you have to do. There's there's really not much to it. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of information in the background. There's a lot of, you know, there is going through a court forms, going through underwriting. There is that technical aspect of it. But I feel like most of your clients come to you because of the service you offer. They don't absolutely. You don't even absolutely have to know all the underwriting guidelines and all that stuff. What what that does is adds additional value to what you are. But the fact that you're out there for your client, that's what they come back for you for.
1: Right, I agree. Fair enough. Yeah, definitely. There's so many, so much more that we could talk about. So many different things that we could say. Uh, One of the things that I definitely wanted to point out was I really love the way that you are uh, putting yourself in front of people. You're you're definitely out there just. uh, What's that thing that we say Uh, going out there, meeting more people, telling them about what it is that you do. And you did the exact same thing. You were on Instagram the other day, found somebody and boom, you show up at that, at that (laughs) next location. Just, Hey, look, this is how I can help you. Yeah. And I love it. It's just there. Hey, look, I heard you had a need. I can help you. Yeah. That was interesting.
0: Well, speaking of, you know, finding you, if you need help, how do people get in contact with you? So I am actually
2: trying to do trying to get better at uh, marketing and marketing myself. Right now, the easiest ways is to go on Instagram, American Profit Consulting, AmericanProfitConsulting.com, or you can call me directly at my cell, which is 619-200-0351. But I am doing my best to you know, kind of learn all that stuff. I'm not your typical millennial. I don't have a bunch of social media. I really don't. I don't even have
0: a personal Instagram.
2: Uh, I may have a Facebook that may or may not have expired. I don't remember. <laughs> but I need to get better at that stuff,
1: to be honest. So anyway. All right. Yeah, we're all in the same boat, dude. I mean, it's one of the consulting.com and Instagram, it is. Yep. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why
0: we started doing the podcast ourselves, because we're like, dude, we need to be it's a great out thing. It's yeah, a great We idea. need to be out there telling people what it is that we do. How can we do that? at a higher level. Yeah, mm-hmm, it's an excellent right? idea.
2: I actually told James, I go, hey man, I actually want to start a podcast myself. And it's because, so I'll give you, the reason is, is uh, last week I was, the last week or the week before, I was having lunch with a gentleman that it, works for ADP. So mm-hmm. he's in HR and payroll and all that stuff. And I like to have you know lunches or you know, happy hour, whatever, just meet up with industry professionals, because I, I want to know what's going on, out, what's, what's out there and what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I sat there and I was listening to him and I thought man every business owner needs to hear this stuff like I was just like blown away and I know for sure because I'm not in the industry and I don't work where he works that I'll be able to remember and replay what he had mentioned but I thought man if I can bring people on to a podcast where we're educating business owners on 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 subjects and and uh, areas that most business owners don't get the information for that'd be awesome you know Mm -hmm. Um, you know and, and so I think what you guys are doing is, is, is great, honestly.
0: Well, we're going to talk a little more offline because uh, we got new and improved things coming on for our podcast. So uh, maybe we'll make something happen with you. We'll yeah, see. Sounds good. All right. Um, so your uh, your Instagram was what again? American Profit Consulting. American Profit Consulting. So you guys go there. Check them out. Uh, Humberto has some good stuff on there every once in a while. He's getting better at posting. And we're going we're gonna to <laughs> poke at him a little more every once in a while so you can post some more stuff so you guys can see what's going on. For sure. All right. So AmericanProfitConsulting.com and his telephone number was 619-200-0351? Correct. Perfect. All right. And if you guys have any questions, um, do you have an email? Um, you could email info at com or
2: my direct email is HHJ, which are my initials, at com.
0: Perfect. And, of course, you guys can go to our social medias at Business Bros Pod or you can go and see previous or listen to previous podcasts on our website, csfirst.com. But that's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye-bye. And I'm out.